Coming off a long weekend where the Illinois legislature continued legislating past the April 8th adjournment date, well into early Saturday morning, April 9th, and they passed the state's largest spending plan in state history that includes $485,000 in pay raises to legislators and about $1.8 billion in tax cuts. They also passed a slew of different types of measures dealing with crime, uh, ranging from retail theft to carjackings and more. Uh, But obviously, with the debate around these issues, a lot of passions poured out into the early morning hours Saturday. It is Springfield's Morning News. I'm Greg Bishop on 92.7 WMAY, Springfield's News and Talk. Now 639, and you can always chime in live and local, 217-629-7970, or you can email bishoponair at gmail.com. So uh, it wasn't until 6 in the morning Saturday uh, that uh, lawmakers finished up. They didn't start debating the budget in the House until uh, about 5.45 in the morning. Uh, now, they had multiple versions that they had offered up in in the uh, week a- prior with Wednesday, uh, you know, the, 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 the Democrats in the House offering up their spending plan. Um, but even then, there were some modifications made into the final hours before they ultimately passed it out of the Senate early Saturday morning, and then it went over to the House to pass. The House early on had a tax package that they put together that they sent over to the Senate, and then the Senate ultimately concurred on that. So the the, the process of how this played out in the early morning hours was a volley back and forth. Three major bills concerning the budget. One was the appropriations, one was the tax package, and the other was the budget implementation bill. Uh, so a lot of various aspects uh, that they had to debate, thousands and thousands and thousands of pages that they had to pour through to to understand what was going on here. Uh, But the final product was a budget bill, a tax policy bill, and a budget implementation bill for spending $46.5 billion in revenue. Uh, So you had uh, one senator uh, highlight how this was uh, the largest spending bill in the state's history and shows that uh, the state just continues to spend time and again. Uh, But when they were debating the tax package, I want to Uh, give you a little bit of back and forth here between uh, some of the lawmakers, uh, including uh, state's representative uh, Mark Batnick. Uh, You'll hear him talk about uh, uh, some of the tax issues, like, for instance, you're going to see 1% grocery tax frozen for a year. Uh, You're also going to see um, a $100 income tax rebate per individual, uh, $50 per child, and I think up to three children. Uh, also uh, up to $300 in a property tax rebate. Uh, these are just some of the things. Uh, but when it comes to the grocery tax and also the gas tax, um, these issues are temporary. The grocery tax uh, from 1% to 0%, that will be uh, only for a year. Uh, and uh, the, the grocery stores will have to print on the receipts that that tax isn't in place. And if they can't do that feasibly, uh, as the law says, then they have to post like a four by eight sign somewhere uh, announcing that uh, the grocery tax was lowered from 1% to 0%. Uh, and then you also have the gas tax issue. The gas tax issue um, is only going to focus on the cost of living increase that hasn't kicked in yet for this year. That's set to go into effect July 1st, and it's going to increase maybe 2.2 cents a gallon. 
while lawmakers approved a plan that keeps that from happening, but only for six months. So uh, from July 1st to January 1st, that uh, cost of living increase of 2.2 cents per gallon of a gas tax is not going to go into effect. But also part of that is a measure that uh, could spark some litigation, and that deals with requiring gas pumps to put on their gas pumps uh, a sticker that says, no, not the not the Joe Biden did this thing. No, not that. A sticker that says the, the General Assembly uh, is not increasing your gas taxes by 2.2 cents a gallon. So uh, State Representative Mark Batnick uh, criticizing this, uh, seeming to, to indicate that uh, it just seems kind of silly. Uh, and another uh, criticism is why didn't they put a sticker on the gas pumps whenever lawmakers doubled the gas tax? Back in 2019, that's something that did not happen. Uh, so here's uh, Mark Batnick making his point on the House floor in the early morning hours of Saturday. The, what we're doing for, for gas is about stopping an increase of a 2.2 cents gas tax increase, correct? Between, I, we've said two, between 2 and 3 cents, but 2.2 is accurate. 2.2. Um, and you guys think you need a sticker for that? We do. So is Sicker going to say, hey, gas is 50 cents more a gallon over here across the border, across the river. It would have been 52.2 cents more. But here's the sticker to say that it's only 50 cents more. I mean, in all honesty, the idea of a sticker is is almost like a Saturday Night Live skit to me in this sense. So uh, Representative Batnick sharing his thoughts there uh, about how the sticker seems like it's, uh, you know, uh, you're essentially going to say, Hey, gas is still 50 cents more expensive in Illinois than it is in Missouri uh, with this sticker. Uh, so kind of fascinating to hear that debate. But later on in the debate about the tax package, which included a whole host of things, not just the, the gas tax issue, not just the uh, grocery tax issue. Again, you've got uh, the issue of um, uh, earned income tax credit, teacher credit, uh, the the property tax issue, uh, the the um, um, um ongoing issue of uh, income tax rebate. Uh, so these are just some of the things that uh, that are going to be uh, the part of this. Uh, but the, the debate also uh, opened up uh, some other issues that uh, lawmakers dealt with, including how all of this seems really last minute. And uh, it's prob- probably something that could have been dealt with a lot earlier. We'll get to another part of the debate on that here, but I want to get your phone calls. 217-629-7970 is the phone number at 645. Good morning. You're on WMAY. Good morning, Bishop. How come it seems like when they do something good, they want a sticker, but if they do something bad, they're going to pull a shaggy and it wasn't me. Well, that doubling of the gas tax, they, uh, you know, heralded it as a a big move to ensure that we get uh, roads and bridges funded. But, you know, other than news stories out there, you didn't really see, you know, that promoted uh, or at least requiring gas stations to put that out there. Our roads aren't even worth $4.50 a gallon. We all know this. Well, we'll see how that money gets used in the audited financials, something that we still don't have from the fiscal year that ended more than 285 days ago. But that's a different story for another day. Good morning. You're on WMAY. Hey, good morning, Greg. Yep. Uh, we went to uh, out of state for a wedding a couple weeks ago, and we went to Han- through Hannibal, Missouri. Yep. Gas was four twenty nine a gallon here. It was three twenty nine a gallon there. Jeez. So yeah, yeah so they're a- gonna, but they're going to put a sticker on the gas pumps here that says, "Hey, we didn't increase your gas tax by two point two cents a gallon." Which, uh, quick estimations, like fifteen dollars a year of savings, 
for somebody yeah. who's a typical driver out there with a you know good gas mileage car? Right. Yeah. Oops. Hold on. I had to dodge a pothole. <laughs> I, appreciate, uh, I appreciate the call. Uh, there's a lot of other debate I want to get to here, uh, including just just the process that was involved. This is State Representative Dm Mazaki uh, debating uh, the sponsor of the tax package, uh, State Representative Mike Zaleski. Again, this is early Saturday morning while most of you are asleep. Uh, looking forward to the weekend, waking up Saturday and see all the sunshine. Here's uh, here's what was going on at the uh, uh, state house on the House floor. Uh, early Saturday morning. Oh, pardon me if I'd like to know exactly what's the final bill that I should be voting on so that I can maybe try to make a decision De- De- on behalf De- of my district. Deanne, if you. you want to vote no on a bill that cuts taxes, adds money to the budget stabilization fund, adds money to pensions because you want to be pedantic right now, that's on you. This is a tax cut. This is fiscally responsible. The time for lectures has long passed. Long passed, Deanne. Oh, uh, yeah, it's the time for lectures is long past. I love it that Democrats are somehow saying, look at us, we're willing to give you a tax cut. If you wanted to really give us a tax cut, you would, number one, make something that's actually permanent. If it was something that you really believed in, you would file it as a standalone bill so that you could show bipartisan support, not with a whole bunch of gimmicks so that you're trying to actually... Do not yell. I sat in exec for two hours and I heard from your caucus about things that were problematic with the bill. We added microchip. We took, we put coal back in. Do not tell me, do not lecture me about bipartisanship. Do not do it. Oh, I don't need to lecture you about bipartisanship because bipartisanship long left the window in this chamber. So you can hear the passions there spewing out uh, over the issue of uh, uh, how late some of this came and how they don't feel there is bipartisanship. Uh, But then that was just the tax package. Then they get to the budget and uh, there's a lot of talk about, you know, it's it's $45.6 billion of spending, eats up almost all of what the tax revenue is expected to be. Uh, You've also got uh, a lot of money going into the pension stabilization fund, a billion dollars, half a billion dollars more going into the pension funds. Uh, a lot of spending for uh, various uh, social programs, after school programs, spending for law enforcement programs, and so on. So a lot of money going out. Uh, but uh, State uh, Representative Tom Demmer, uh, he laid out there some of his concerns about the various um, uh, messaging that there is. In particular, the Democrats said that, hey, this is a fiscally responsible budget. Democrats have been spending fiscally responsibly. Uh, but uh, Demmer says uh, that seems to be a little bit of uh, a rewriting of what really has gone on here. So uh, here's State Representative uh, Tom Demmer uh, early Saturday morning at the Illinois State House. The reason that's important is because if we think back to just a year and a half ago, Governor Pritzker and many of you were going around the state of Illinois urging voters to approve a $3.5 billion tax increase. And your argument at the time was without that tax increase, we would need draconian cuts. Or, as the Lieutenant Governor threatened, we'll raise taxes on every person in the state to make up for that revenue. Voters of both political parties, Republicans and independents and Democrats, voters rejected that tax increase. Voters said, no more. Voters said, don't just get more revenue, focus on the expense side of the state budget. 
after voters said no, you continue to spend as if they said yes. The budget you passed the year that question was on the ballot originally relied on $5 billion in borrowing to make it work. You were bailed out by billions in direct federal aid in the CARES Act and the American Recovery Act. You were bailed out by billions in additional funding from the federal government in Medicaid matching funds. You were bailed out by, across the country, trillions of dollars that were injected into our economies that led to higher-than-expected collections in revenue for the state. Temporarily. Temporarily. So as we look at this year's budget, and we try to ask which direction is it heading in, it's growing spending faster than we're growing revenues. It ignores the fact that voters rejected a tax increase. And when this one-time revenue dries up, the only thing you'll know how to do is go back and raise taxes yet again. So that was the Republican argument. Here's some of the Democrat arguments. Uh, this is State Representative Will Gazzardi from Chicago uh, reacting to some of what he heard uh, the various Republicans say on the House floor. Again, this is uh, early Saturday morning at the Illinois State House. I got to pinch myself because I might otherwise think I was dreaming uh, hearing what's, what's being said by my colleagues on the other side of the aisle, disparaging the rainy day fund. Uh, claiming that we're not putting money toward our pension obligation when we're putting $500 million over and above the required contribution for the first time that I can remember. Uh, not a peep about the hundreds of millions of dollars of additional investments, both in community and in law enforcement, to make our community safer in a holistic approach. Uh, lowering taxes on working people. This, uh, the fact that you all are about to vote no on this budget is a, a feat of staggering hypocrisy. I heard... We've been reviewing some of what the action was on the Illinois um, State House floor of either the Senate or the House uh, early morning Saturday when they ultimately passed the state's largest spending plan. Uh, Illinois Democratic uh, State Senator LG Sims said, hey, they're focusing on spending down some debt. This budget includes a billion dollars into our rainy day funds. But it also includes uh, pay raises for legislators and uh, the uh, highest spending levels as uh, Republican State's Representative Terry Bryant laid out on the Senate floor. I understand what you're saying we're going to be spending on. I hope everybody else understands that we've increased our spending 30% in eight years. So more spending and uh, also the... Uh, tax on uh, gasoline not going to go up 2.2 cents, Mark Batnick. So is Sicker going to say, hey, gas is 50 cents more a gallon over here across the border, across the river. It would have been 52.2 cents more. But here's the sticker to say that it's only 50 cents more. I'm so he says it's like a Saturday Night Live skit. <laughs> Coming back, we will talk about crime and the passionate debates on the House floor when it comes to what Republicans were looking for and what Democrats are looking for. Stay tuned. That's coming up here on WMAY. From the fly past. So again, uh, late on the Illinois House floor, uh, there was debate about the Safety Act, which is the measure that uh, Democrats passed early last year uh, that uh, ultimately reforms various measures of criminal justice, 
put a lot of regulation on police and also lifted cash bail um, for beginning January 1st. And there's been a lot of concern about that. Uh, so they had another measure that didn't pass both chambers. Right? This, this only it passed the Senate. The House amended it and the House passed that. It had not gone back to the Senate for concurrence. So they debated this measure that would have some follow up language to clarify some things with the Safety Act. Republicans wanted to uh, to completely repeal the Safety Act. Uh, but Democrats, they just modified various things, uh, saying that uh, the Safety Act's necessary. Uh, but here's some of the back and forth on the House floor where passions definitely spilled over. Uh, this is State Representative Patrick Windhorse sharing his uh, criticism of the uh, the Safety Act and various provisions of the measures that, uh, that deal with uh, letting criminals out, monitoring criminals. And he starts with that in particular about how uh, this legislation proposed hasn't passed yet, but proposed legislation uh, that only passed the House uh, that deals with some of that electronic monitoring. Uh, here's uh, State Representative Patrick Windhorst, a Republican from downstate. Electronic monitoring. Change two days to two periods with no definition to what period means. If someone's on electronic monitoring and they commit a forcible felony, did they lose their electronic monitoring automatically? No. The state has to file a petition and go to court and prove by clear and convincing evidence a heightened legal standard that the person should lose their electronic monitoring after committing a forcible felony while being on electronic monitoring. Ridiculous. There is no change, absolutely no change, the detainable offenses in the original Safety Act. Serious, violent felons will be released after 48 hours after arrest. Safety, safety now, we want safety now. This bill doesn't give us safety now. So again, that was uh, State Representative Patrick Windhorst, uh, critical of the uh, follow-up legislation that would uh, amend some of the provisions of the Safety Act, the Democrats' uh, bill that they passed early January of 2021. Uh, and then you had the response from Democratic State Representative Justin Slaughter, who has been instrumental in piecing all this together. And he talks about this follow-up legislation, again, didn't pass both chambers. But uh, late, late, late in session, early Saturday morning, this is uh, the passion that spilled out on the House floor. So here's uh, State Representative Justin Slaughter uh, talking about uh, the various uh, rhetoric that he's been hearing from the Republicans, and he shares, well, his own uh, style of rhetoric. Our side of the aisle is fed up with the complaining from the other side of the aisle, the blatant disrespect all coming from the people that created this crisis we are literally we are literally in this crisis because of your failed lock them up throw away the key policies and now you want to politicize 
this recent crime and violence by blaming it on the Safety Act. When you know major pieces of this act have not even gone into effect, you don't care about public safety. If you did, you would know. In the black community, it's been a state of emergency for a really long time now. But as long as crime and violence is contained in the hood, it was okay. As long as black folks terrorized other people of color, it was fine. But now, but now, Chirac is in your communities. And now, it's a state of emergency. We can smell it. It's a bad stench of racism coming from that side of the aisle. The bottom line is that you don't deserve our respect. Your dog and pony show is over and we're going to make you turn the page to a new chapter, a new and different era. Again, uh, that was uh, State Representative Justin Slaughter um, essentially pointing to the other side of the aisle, uh, the Republicans, and saying that uh, they're racists and their uh, concerns about the Safety Act and growing levels of crime in various areas. So that's kind of you know what we're hearing uh, heading into the election. Uh, and again, that bill that uh, Slaughter was so passionate about did not pass ultimately. I mean, it passed the House just then, but it did not get concurred by the Illinois Senate. So are they going to take that back up after the election? We shall see. Uh, coming back, though, we'll get to more legislative 